This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure, 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Welcome to Leicester Fan TV. It's Monday night. My name's Phil. If you're watching this live, don't forget you can get your views and comments in. We'll get as many as we can on screen in the next 30 minutes. Follow us at Leicester Fan TV on whatever social channels you are. But there is so much to talk about tonight. And I can sense that there's going to be a bit of a split decision between how people are feeling. Generally, we're top of the league. Everything's good. But we have had two defeats on the row. Have teams sussed us out? We want to know your views, your comments. In Enzo, we trust. Or would you like to see? I'm going to say the words. People will hate me. Some people will agree with me. Where's this plan B at times? I'm going to say it, and I want to know your views. Tom's going to be joining me as well. But get your views in, get your comments in, in tonight's Fan Zone show. The Leicester City machine is on the march again. Leicester Fan TV presents a variety of content, live fan discussions, match analysis, and engaging with Leicester fans worldwide. We want your views live. Thanks to our sponsors, Everots, Follow Blinds, Pucker Pies, Pink Car Leasing, Distillers Direct, Hologram, Take Me, Nubian Co, and the Fox's Arms and Rainbows. We are live in 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Good evening, welcome to Leicester Fan TV. As I say, my name's Phil. We're here for the next 29 minutes. Now, get your views in, get your comments in. Good evening, Richie. Hope you're well. Kian, hope you're well. Matty Bond, watch your views, Matty. Let us know. Carl says, good evening, watching from Cyprus. Good evening to you, Carl. Tez says, calm down. It's just a blip. It's just a two-game blip. Calm down. I hear what you're saying, Tez. Do you agree with Tez? We're all happy. Nothing much to worry about here. Don't forget, Ipswich. League one last season. They're on the same points as us. Leeds are now eight points behind us. How come when we were playing Leeds just 10 days ago, we were saying if we beat these, we go 17 points clear. We're now just eight points clear. It shows you how quick the championship can change. Facebook user says we've been far too complacent the last two games. Do you agree with that? Nick, 
Hope you're well. Enjoyed watching you on the brilliant Aftermath show yesterday with Reedy and Jamie, of course, from the Fox's Arms. Richie says Leicester will bounce back after the international break. Obviously, Watford is the next game, 25th of November down at the King Power Stadium. Then Sheffield Wednesday away. And then I think it's West Brom away, something like that. It's going to be interesting and we will talk about it. Andy says good evening. Gav, hope you're well. Gav, get your views in, Gav. What do you think about what's going on at Leicester? Andy Downing says it. Does Maresca have a plan B? I'm going to ask Tom that. Tom's going to join us very, very shortly to get his views in. Because me and Tom, we love to chat. We love to agree. We love to disagree. Not everything. That's what Leicester Fan TV, I always like to remind everybody at the start. That's what it's about. We're just Leicester fans. My view is probably different to yours. Might be the same as somebody's. It doesn't matter. Let's have a chat. Just like we're down the pub. Keep it civil. Have a bit of banter. Keith always loves a bit of banter. Says, we're going to lose the odd game. No need to throw a Mardi. I'm not Bardi, but I am going to keep maybe asking about a plan B. I also want to know, hey, Daniel, hope you're well. I also do want to ask a little question, and I'm not stirring the pot. I'm just being honest. At times, I do ask, what is the massive difference between what Enzo does and what Brendan did and what Claude done? You know, it just feels very possession-based. And at times, a bit one-dimensional. That's just my view. I'm not saying it's right. I'm just a fan. I'm nobody, just a fan like you. Enzo's got this international break, says Nick. Now to work the tactics on it, work wonders on the last one after the whole defeat in there. Uh, Andy Medhurst says, why bring on one sub? We had four strikers available. That is part of the questions I would ask as well, Andy. Listen, they scored in the 83rd minute. I think he threw Vardy on in the 85th. There wasn't a lot of time, but for me, and I said this today in our office, the minute, the second their free kick, what a stunning free kick, by the way, hits the back of that net. The second that happens, that's for me when a manager needs to manage and needs to react. Brought Jamie Vardy on, left Tom Cannon, uh, left Pats and Dacker on the bench. I don't know. He had, he had seven minutes and injury time. Could he have done something more? I don't know. I'm just asking you the questions. Gav says, let's see what Tom Cannon can bring to the party. Going to be an interesting one, Gav. Do you want to see a bit of him in there? Matty says, we've been getting away with it for weeks. You see, Matty is saying what... I, there are fans out there saying what Matty's saying. People saying for ages, we're only in second gear. Hope there are more gears. I'm not convinced, says Matty in there. Kian says, we need a plan B. You've said the words. I'm, I, you know me. You can check the videos back. I have been asking for the past two, three years, where is a an alternative plan when things aren't working for us? Um, no good knocking it around when we're chasing a goal. Tremendous amount of passes in there this season. Today, again, against uh, Borough. Nearly 700 passes compared to their 333 passes. A lot of passes. A lot of passes. Daniel Fox says, players have confidence under Renzo, but you've got to get the ball in the onion bag. That's the only tactic and statistic that matters, isn't it, Daniel? Uh, Andy says, why don't we play two up front just for a change? I'm going to ask Tom this when he comes on. In fact, I'm going to bring Tom on now. So thanks for joining us, Tom. Good evening to you, sir. How, hope you're well. Evening, mate. Evening, everyone. I've said the rude words that you told me I'm not allowed to. Sorry, Tom. <laughs> we'll come on to that. Um, we're going to start the Let's start at the end of the game. You were at Borough on Saturday. Because I have used those naughty, naughty words, plan B and tactics and managers. Uh, partly, I know we we have to play the Enzo way and we have to play all this. But when he brought Vardy on after they've scored, Tom, it looked more like, you know, Nacho dropped back and we didn't play two up front. Oh, I think that was the case. For some reason he did uh, drop Nacho into the pocket more and left Vardy as a lane striker. 
Why play a lone striker for the last 10 minutes? Yeah, it was a strange situation. It was a strange game. I generally don't think we played bad on Saturday. I I generally don't. I think there's a lot of like, oh, it was awful, it was this, that and the other. But when you look back through the the amount of chances we actually created through the game, I said it at the time, I said to Henry and my son, if one of these goes in, Middlesbrough will crumble. I generally felt it. They conceded three against Plymouth. They looked like a team who looked very shaky at the bat. And I felt if you get that first goal... And I did against Leeds, we would have gone on to win both the games. The problem was, as soon as you concede, Middlesbrough to the Jew were organised quite well. But they had their shakiness in them. Uh, you know, Jude Hall heads one down, no one's in the in the penalty area. That should have been 1-0. Jude Hall smashed one into their defender. That could have been a possible another goal. Second half, Nacho has to put the ball in the back of the net, you know, when he chips it and hits the post. There was another one, Ricardo nicks the player, pulls it back to uh, Nacho, he smashes it at the goalkeeper. Uh, Fatui loved the kid, looked talented, but decision making at the back post when Mavadidi's done all the hard work, he's put it on his plate, and all he's got to do is gently side put the ball into the back of the net. Two weeks in a row, he's tried to leather the ball and smash it into the back of the net instead of being clever and just gently putting it in there. You know, the chances were there, but like you say, losing a game, you, I think now, especially you'd hope that Endo sort of understands at this level, when you're losing, uh, most teams will do. They gun go gung ho and whack as many balls in the box and hope that one falls to a striker. And I think Saturday was the first time there was a bit of a frustration around with all the Leicester fans, especially that we're losing a game and we didn't look like, especially after the goal went in, breaking Borough down with this the, the passing us through the final third because it just wasn't clicking. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think the first half we looked very sloppy at times. I felt like there was a, a messiness in the team. And now, is that because of the changes? Is that Ricardo being pushed too high? McAtee looked very rusty at the weekend. Look, it weren't a bad performance, but there was just parts you just felt it wasn't clicking like it had done early in the season. Yeah. And for me, what the big question is, we still look different without Wilford and Diddy. And who would have said that at the start of the season? Richard says here, what is everyone on about this so-called plan B, name a team that has a so-called plan B. Now, Richard, what I'm going to say to that is I, I use the words plan B. I used it under Brendan Rogers, and I used it under Claude Puel and I do use it under Enzo. It's, what I mean is, I, for me, the managers, they yes, of course, they do the training on the training ground. Yes, they pick the team. But I, there is times recently with, with Enzo and with Brendan, certainly, that a manager needs to manage on the hoof during a game. He needs to see what the other team are doing and he needs to react what the score is. The game against Leeds was a great example where I'm like, did we really change it up and try to get back at 1-0 down in the last five or ten minutes? And that, that to me, Richard, is what I talk about a plan B is. Maybe maybe against Leeds when you're 1-0 down in the 93rd minute, when you get that corner, which we did, you don't take a short corner. Plan B is no we're not passing it a short corner. Yes, we practiced it for six six weeks on the training ground. But plan B is we put it in the box. And plan B is we put Vestergaard and Fies and anybody else up there who can bundle it over the line to make it 1-1. That, to me, Tom, is what I talk about plan B. is going a bit more direct, a little less passes. Just suddenly... And, and I'm going to ask to Richard, watch Man City. They have plan B when they're losing. Chelsea do, Liverpool do, man. They do suddenly have a different approach, Tom. That's my take on it. 
Yeah, I, I get what you're saying, Phil. I mean, I think there was times on Saturday, I think most of us fans would agree, where we get a corner and we saw how dangerous it was. Vestergaard, I forgot his chance, you know, the goal in yes. the world. You know, yeah. because we put the ball into the, you know, into the mix. There was times on Saturday, Vestergaard's literally just getting into the box and we've already taken the short corner. And before we know it, Vestergaard's had to run back the other way. I think we waste things at these short corners sometimes. Yes, they can work. We saw it at Swansea away. Vestergaard got a goal from a short corner and it getting into the box. But I think with the targets and the big men we've got, we should be exploiting these bit more and more for me. And short corners don't do it every single time. Once, maybe twice a game. But it's a matter of, on Saturday, there was a lot of short corners. And you just felt, after the first one, what Vestergaard caused so many problems from, just get in the box. Let Vesca have a run at the ball because at the moment he's got the run on everybody in that team. So, yeah, I understand when you say plan B. There's also the plan B that you stick Vestergaard up front with 10 minutes to go like, and you're losing a game and get a knockdown and you just play three at the back. And if you concede, you concede. There's so many different ways to say plan B. Look, I'm not one for plan B because I understand no. what Enzo's trying to do with this build-up play. There's a, so many different comparisons to pure build, to broad, Rogers' ball. I understand it's a lot of passing. But there is, a, there is a method to the madness, I will say, what Enzo is trying to do, and that is get the ball through to Winks and uh, Ricardo to do little one-twos, and one of them breaks onto the back line. And when it works, we look dangerous. And we've seen it in Blackburn away. When it works well, it can be very well. I think the problem is we haven't really, bar Blackburn, when we smacked them 4-1, we haven't steamrolled any team this yet in this league. You know, we got uh, Bristol City, we beat them just about, you know. We beat Coventry just about. We haven't actually taken anyone to the sword bar Blackburn week in, week out. So that I think there is more gears to go into. But I also think there's, it's showing a little bit of weakness in this squad. I won't say team. I think it's the squad is a still a little weak. As in, Undiddy's not fit. Cassidy doesn't look up to it at the moment yet. I'm not saying he can't, but he's got a performing week in, week out like against Sunderland. And up front, I still said, and everyone laughed when I tweeted it, I said that Hurst would score more goals than Vardy and Dakar this season. Well, I'm not seeing Tom, anything from Vardy to justify that he's going to score enough goals in this division yet, mate. So, Tom, I'd it's like very to interesting. Get the games. Very interesting. You talked about Hurst. I didn't know you were going to mention that today in, in the office. I said to uh, Reedy, Jake, and Sam, I said, "Can you pull the stats up?" on Hurst at Ipswich because we we wouldn't have thought it at the start of the season but potentially we've sold our striker to potentially certainly this at this rate our potential main rivals he's got four goals and four assists which is a better return than Jamie Vardy at this stage he may go on to get more it, it is a strange one Tom I, I just want to slightly tweet that Jeff George Hurst has gone I know they called him Jeff then but I didn't um Tom Cannon was there on the bench now, if he's on the bench, he's sort of fit enough. Would that, you know, for, at the eighty-eighth minute when you're still one nil down, isn't that worth a spin of the coin? See, my biggest question was: he fit enough, or was it? Let's get you in around the squad. Let's get you involved as much as we can. After seeing some of the challenges flying in on Saturday, and there was a few flying in from the Middlesbrough on Saturday. Let's get it that straight. Did Enzo think I can't risk someone clattering you, and then you being out for another period of time? Let's give you another two weeks now when we've got the international breaks. Let's get an under-21 game into you. Uh, I generally believe, I think, he will play against Watford. I think he might even start against Watford because, for me, Nacho does not look interested enough week in, week out. Another one just doesn't fill you with confidence every single time the ball comes to him that he's going to do what he needs him to do. Uh, but, yeah, I think Tom Cannon wasn't 100% fit to play the game. I think it was more integrating him back into this squad of players 
And I think if he had been winning comfortably, I think he generally would have come on. But I think with five minutes to go, Enzo's sitting there thinking, there's going to be some challenges coming in now because they're going to hell for leather. Every ball that goes near a strike is going to be booted. And if that means taking the man with him, they're going to take the man with him. So I just think they weren't risking that, you know, Tom Cannon being out for a longer period of time by picking up another knock mm. than giving two more weeks, two more weeks of more training, hopefully a, a friendly game somewhere along the lines. Well, you know, the club always do the behind closed doors, a bit of match fitness and hopefully Watford will be the game that he starts to see him because he needs a chance. I, I generally love Vardy. I love Nacho, but I think we need to look for the future now and the future. If we've signed this kid for 8 million, then he, He's got to be soon to be doing, but for me, he starts against Watford. I mean, Richie says there, Tom Callanan to be given a chance to start against Watford in two weeks' time in there. Nick says, uh, bless you, Andre. Too young to remember Peter Taylor and David Blee. He's talking about a comment here, which was about Claude Puel is a waste of the manager we ever had there. I'm I'm, I'm going to slightly stick up for Claude Puel because he did buy a lot of the players that went on to be Brendan's team that finished fifth and fifth uh, and got an FA Cup. A lot of those players that Brendan made success of. We're in the club. Uh, but let's, Tom, Tom, let's not get into Claude Puel. Jim. No, all I was going to say is, all I ever say is, a lot of people in Slate to Claude, but let, remember, he's the one who brought Simon Ricardo. He's the yeah. one who signed Tillemans. He signed Madison. And yeah. let's not forget, he guided this football club through the hardest time in its club history with the most honour respect that anyone could have done for what happened to the, uh, to Vishai. So I will never slate Puel for what happened towards the end of his no. tenure because... The man had so much integrity and yeah, the way he I'm acted you, that I won't slate him. I will never say he's the worst manager. You've never seen Craig no. he manages football club, mate. That says it all, probably. Well, David Pleat, I, I just Ooh. can't get any worse than David Pleat, Tom. Uh, what I wanted to say, Tom, is again, back to, back to the game at Borough. The biggest stat is we lost 1-0. So we, we don't need to debate that. That was the score. Yeah. Great free kick. And uh, to be fair... I obviously, I've watched the game and then I've watched the 10-minute highlights reel, which was really interesting because obviously they just put all the best bits in and it was definitely looked like Leicester had all the best chances. But Tom, what I do want to say to you is, again, stats, 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 boring, boring. But we had nearly 700 passes. They had 330 passes. Against Leeds, we had nearly 700 passes. They had uh, 300 passes. Against, so i.e. against Borough, we had more passes than Leeds and Borough put together. But both teams, but yet if you had both our games against Leeds and Borough, stick with me, we had less shots on target than either Leeds or Borough. So it's one thing having 700 passes in a match, but you've got to do something with it. You've got to have a shot on target, else you won't score. Yeah. Uh, then that comes to game management to me and the, the individual players on the pitch, because... There was also times on the Saturday, I think, well, Faz ran through the middle of the defence, hold through the half pitch, gets to the 18-yard line, has a shot clear on goal, and all, you th- all of us are thinking, put your foot through it. You know, see if you've got something in the back of your foot. Put your foot through that ball and hit it at the goal. If it's, like it's, as I always point out yesterday, Forest game, the goalie then parries it and he has a tap in. You've always got that chance. If you have a shot that the goalie might not get it away and then it falls to someone. But again, we cut inside. We're getting into the 18-yard box and it's, I'm going to cut inside and pass it. There's, I think sometimes, as much as they are taught to pass this ball, there's also sometimes they have to be a little bit more gung-ho when they get into those certain areas and think, oh, I'm going to have a shot now. I'm going to have a crack. That's probably one of the things that frustrated me Saturday, the slowness at times. Mm. We, when we get That's it right... Boo-hoo we says that. Up, Too slow. Yeah, when, when we get it right and we speed it up, we look deadly. The problem is at the moment, it's just all a bit sluggish. 
you know, this pass this way, pass that way, go forward, go forward. And then we get to the 18-yard box and then Mavadidi looks back and goes backwards. And you're thinking, at times, Mavadidi can make people look stupid because he can beat them for fun. But why is he being told on the 18-yard line when there's a man behind him, just pass it back and we'll start again? I think sometimes with some players got to be a little bit more, you know, not to do what the manager says, but just have a chance, have a little chat, crack at goal. But look, the biggest thing he said, we didn't put the ball in the net. And that's the, the last two games have been the same. It's that final decision-making that is probably, for me, costing us at the moment winning games. I don't think we're getting it wrong. And I don't think teams have worked us out completely yet. You can put as many man on the ball, but if you're creating the chances of creating, at some point they're going to go in. It's just the last two games, the last, you know, final pass or the last decision like Fatui at the back post two times in a row, instead of like putting you just gently side footing the ball into the net, he's tried to smash the ball into the net. And it's those little key decisions that are going to cost us if we don't start thinking about it more cleverly. Uh, Tom, I've got a question for you about Winks in a minute. If you're watching this, keep getting those views in those comments in. As you can see, it's my views, Tom's views. We're not right. We're not wrong. We, we've got different. <laughs> I'm surprised slightly to hear Tom. I think Tom's a little bit more on the, we're a bit more on the same page tonight than we have in other games. The big question I want to ask you next, which Daniel puts here, is the, I'm going to put a part A to this first about Winks. So Daniel asks who replaced Winks against Watford. I want to say, Tom, did, did Barissus Winks out a little bit? Did they target Winks and think, because he seemed to play a lot of balls sideways and not be as effective. I, again, if I've watched Leicester, and I, again, I'm no manager, Tom, but I would say, right, let's snub out Winks. Let's calm him down. And that's going to calm Leicester down. Question one, did Borough snub Winks out? And two, who replaces Winks against Watford? We've been saying all season, it's going to be a different game when Winks isn't there. So, Come on, give us your views. Point one, did Borough stuff Winks? No, they didn't. Uh, the reason Winks wasn't as effective at the weekend was because he didn't have his right-hand man in Ricardo next to him. He had, sadly, he had Hamza, and Hamza just is not that playmaker what Ricardo is. So why he did hasn't... they change that round then? Because obviously we had no number eight to play at top and he felt against Leeds, he did it exactly the same when he took Cassidy off. He put Ricardo further forward and he brought Hamza into the middle of the park. But that's to me that we've all been saying Ricardo's been playing really well there. Why why would you change that around? That's because he doesn't for me, the performance levels from Cassaday just haven't been up there with what you need him at the moment in time. You haven't got anyone else to play that role. You know, you if you me if you're gonna play anyone else there, it's probably Eunice uh would be the one to play in the number eight position instead. But at the moment he's not fit either. So he went with a bit more experience and pushed Ricardo higher up. But I think it had a negative impact on the team in some ways because the Ricardo and Winks combination is probably the main driving force in this team because it's those little one-twos around the corner between them and then driving forward is how we set up play. The problem is Hamza hasn't got that ability to drive forward. So every time the ball's come to him, he either looks sideways or when it came to Winks, he looked for the one-two, but he hasn't got that ability to look around the corner and stuff or the passing accuracy to do that job. Uh, going into the game against Watford, for me, I would drop KDH back into the Winks role for me because he's got the energy and he's got the legs on him. Okay. I'd put Ricardo back next to him again. So you're not changing it too much, but I think KDH can do that role for what Winks is doing. Probably not as well because he hasn't got the range of passing on him, but I think he's got that little bit of 
burst of energy to get away from players. You then hope that in, in Diddy and Eunice are fit because they are my two number eights going into that game, really, against Watford. Then it's really, where do you put out wide? Mavadidi, again, not much effective this weekend, but again, there was times in game where you make pace look silly. I thought McAteague looked really rusty at the weekend. You could tell he'd been out for a little while and he had played a minute game. So again, Fatou probably would come back into recognition. And then obviously, for me, Tom Cannon starts. But yeah, I think KDH dropping back is probably the easiest solution out of the lot. I don't see as anyone in the squad that could do the wings role if we've got anyone else in there. I, I mean, Tom, a lot of people shouting, better. a lot of people shouting in the comments for Pratt. I can't see Pratt being out for a reasonably long injury and being chucked straight back in, and I, I don't think, see him quite being a. I mean, he's no, sort of is think, a bit winksy, sort of. I think if Pratt comes in, Pratt would come in as the number eight, and that's where he's mm. played beginning of the season. He was playing as that number eight, and, and between him and uh, and Diddy were the number eight on that right hand side of the team. I don't think he's got the ability in you know to burst away from players as as Winks or KDH, as, as you do with that little one-two. Because that little one-two is what starts our game off. We build it up around the back and then we go into Winks or we go into Ricardo for the little one-two to go through the middle of the park. I don't think Pratt's got the ability to do those at that. It'd be interesting to see. It's a good shout. Of course it is. He's a player who's been out for a long time, but I don't see him being chucked in in that position at the weekend in two weeks' time against Watford unless he gets some game time under his belt somehow. Uh, the councillor, good evening, sir, says Hamza deserves a run for sure. Although, I, I'm going to get a few comments in. Uh, the Hamza's tackle that led to the free kick, Tom. I mean, we all know Hamza's got that in him from time to time. I actually thought, I've watched it back again a couple of times. I thought he was a bit lucky not to get a red. I think in a, in a Premier League game, that could have been a red because it was a wild tackle. A fantastic free kick, though. I think VAR, he's, he's probably on the track. You know, he's possibly going... Oh, the free kick, mate. There's nothing goalie can do about it. I mean, nine. Let's get it right. Nine times out of ten, that either hits the wall or goes over the crossbar. The one time he's hit it clean as anything. And to think that he's got a clause in his contract that Middlesbrough can buy him for one point five million from Leeds is absolutely <laughs> nuts. Yeah, buy him now just for that one thing. Exactly. Uh, ben says we're desperately missing Doyle on that left hand side. Um, I don't. He's out for a little bit longer, isn't he? In there. Um, Nick says, to be fair, Hamza isn't a real right back, to be honest. Well, he's not. And the councillor says, Hamza adds steel in midfield that no one else does. Yes, but he's got a. He, we always know he has to keep a bit of a lid on it, don't they? Um, Boohoo says, uh, sorry, but I don't see what Hamza does. I think he is really overrated for what wage he is on and could do two or to three players who do more. I, I like Hamza. It, it was just a bit of a rash tackle. Had it not led to a goal, we wouldn't have been commenting on it, Tom. It just, it did lead to their goal. Um, yeah, look, Hamza didn't have an awful game of the weekend. That's by any stand. There was players worse than him. But yeah, I think the problem is with Hamza playing the way Ricardo plays. And obviously it is a false right back because it isn't a right back position. He no. drops into that when we're defending. But when we have the ball... He drops straight into the middle of the park and the three well, three defenders at the back become the wide three. Uh, him as a right back is always a liability because he likes to dive in for the ball quite often. And like we saw the weekend, he gets it wrong more times than he gets it right, sadly. Tom, the title of this show is we're st We Are Top of the League Still. Now, a few people in the comments earlier on were saying, would you take playoffs now? I didn't put that up there because I'm not going to talk about would you take playoffs now? Because I think I think that's 
I suppose it's a question. But I did say last before the Leeds game, I did say this is the roller coaster that is Leicester City. And I did say I was getting annoyed with so many people putting posts and comments saying, oh, we're going to get the record points. We're going to get the record goals. Anything, anything could happen in Leicester City. We should know this, Tom. Anything could happen. It's a little international break now. So just, just sum up how you're feeling about the whole thing. On reflection, it's great that we're top. I did say at the start of the show before you came on, Ipswich Town were in League One last year and are pushing us nose for nose with a squad that costs next to nothing, with a wage bill that's next to nothing. So I'm trying to keep a lid on us getting carried away. I, I think this season's got a lot of action left in it. What? What? What's your? Give us a bit of a summary. What's Tom's views? So, firstly, I think you have to give a lot of credit to Ipswich, and that also isn't just down to them winning the way they have done so far. This is a momentum thing, what they've kept going from League One. Uh, <clears throat> we saw that when Leicester won the title, winning seven out of their last ten games, there was a momentum, and it can take the places. You get in a momentum, it takes you. We saw that at the beginning of the season with Leicester. You know, we're seeing that still. 13 out of 16 games won. I'm not carried away. I said at the beginning of the season, actually, on a podcast that I think the squad of players we had, I think if we got in the playoffs, it's been a good season, I felt. Because I still felt at the beginning of the season, we lacked a, a natural goal scorer in this league. Uh, and everyone's like, no, no, we've got Daka, we've got Vardy, we've got Nacho. This division is not like any other division about how to be a good striker. You just have to have the knack of being in the right place at the right time. Vardy's had it once when we are in the Championship. But to have players like your Nugents, you know, Austin's, John Parkin, you know, these kind of players who are championship regulars, they know where to be. That's where I felt we lacked it all. We've been lucky enough that we've spread the goals around in this team. That's been our biggest thing this season, that we've not just had one player scoring. We've had KDH, McAtee. No one thought at the beginning of the season McAtee would be anywhere near this squad. He's had a phenomenal start to the season. For us to be where we are, brilliant, 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 brilliant. And I really hope it doesn't come off now. I think the next two games are vital to get back on because a loss to Watford, a loss to uh, Sheffield Wednesday, before going into a massive game against West Brom, uh, that that could be, well, could be nuts. I generally sit here after 16 games, a third of the season gone, to say we're top. We're eight points clear of Leeds, nine points clear of Southampton. I don't think you could ask for a better start. I, look, I love it that people want to break records and it's amazing if we could do that. I think rule one, I think Top would have said at the start of the season, boys, I don't care how you do it. Just get out of this just get out of the vision. Yeah, we probably I think we need some more luck on our side. I think there's times in games where things don't go for us all the time, even when you're top of the league. And we saw it on Saturday there was decisions. The referee standards this division doesn't help the situation, let's put it that way. But if we go up for the playoff playoffs is a magic way of going on. Me and Phil seen that enough times over the years. But I generally feel that Someone said to me, 16 games in, you're going to be level on points with Ipswich. I think I would have laughed at that to start with. But you're going to be eight points clear in Leeds and nine points of Southampton. After 16 games, I would have laughed even more because I don't think anybody, when we were talked about at the beginning of the season, that this was going to be the most competitive championship you'd ever seen. Well, it hasn't in some ways because Leicester and Ipswich have strolled to the top of the league for fun and other teams have been left behind. So, a long way to go. Two-thirds still. 30 games, there's a lot more ups. There's going to be a lot more ups and a lot more downs. And I mean a lot more downs between now and the end of the season. We've just got to ride it and we've just got to support the team and Enzo the best way we can. And 
when it's not going well like the last couple of games, when we lost both games 1-0. We've lost all three games 1-0. So we haven't taken a hammer in any loss this season. No. It's all about when we do get chances, we've got to start taking them. And I think if we can click with the chances, we'll win more games and we're going to lose this season for me. I think, Tom, we, we could be we could say we were unlucky against Borough. We could say we were unlucky against Leeds. And we could say we were unlucky against Hull. I don't think... I think we could have won all three of those games. As you say, if we'd scored first, we certainly could have gone up. But I'd also like to chuck in the fact that we perhaps were a little bit lucky at QPR and Rotherham and Huddersfield. There was plenty of games where you go, we perhaps... They, they'd, you know, uh, Sunderland, there was lots of games where you, you walk away and you go, well, they'd probably feel a little bit like they could have won that. So it's been a very, very close season in there. Tom, I'd like to say, loads of people are saying we want to have Tom on a lot more. He talks sense. Tom talks sense was a hashtag a few moments ago. So I hope you will get back on the Fan Zone show on a Monday again, please. Definitely, mate. Definitely. No, I'll do as much as I can. Appreciate it. Fantastic. Well, thanks, Tom, for joining us. It's been great to have Tom on. We'll see you very very soon i'll let tom go oh just Too tom much. one thing are, they, are those are the pants on the are the pants on the door dry yet yeah they're drying mate they're drying <laughs> <laughs> all right i'll let him go Thanks, i had Phil. to pull him up on that one i <laughs> spotted them earlier cheers mate see you in a bit uh, we'll let Tom go. Listen, thanks to Tom. He does talk sense. That's why we love to have Tom on here. Um, if you want to come on Leicester Fan TV, just drop us a line and we'll get you on. John Tower says we're not scoring because we're serving the strikers. They can finish. I'm not buying. We haven't got the quality up top. Adam says here, we just need to stay level-headed. We are down where we are after some hard work, considering how we went down. Big game next. Just need to get that winning feeling back. Adam, you are so right. That Watford game... We'll build up to that next Monday, but you already feel there is a little bit of pressure, a lot of pressure on us to get three points against there. Boohoo Records says the next five games, we should be able to pick up points. If we do lose a couple of them, then it'll be a long, hard season in there. Reedy says the thing for him is that the excuse can't be it's a blip. We'll beat Watford. We're still top. We could have been 17 points clear of third. Yes, it's a brilliant start, but can't be blindsided by wins. I think the focus really saying is that game against Watford is going to be very, very important in there. Um, Neil says in that, Niall, sorry, Niall says, I'm pretty worried after losing two on the bounce, but I just keep thinking how I'd be feeling if we are mid table at this point in the season, let's back Enzo and the boys near Niall, nearly caught you Neil again. Sorry, Niall. Uh, listen, I think that's the perfect quote and the perfect comment to end on. So thanks, Niall, for getting the last one in there. Thanks to Tom for joining us. It's been brilliant to get his views in. Always very sensible. In fact, I was interested to him saying that he wouldn't use the words plan B, but he was actually coming around to my way of thinking that at times we have to go for it. So thanks to Tom. Thanks for you guys for getting as many comments in as you can in the last 30 minutes. I can't do it without you, so I appreciate it. I'll see you next Monday. If I don't see you before, um, I think Locke should be live this Thursday with his new show, Fox's Focus. He'll be looking perhaps back at how we've done in the past 16 games. So join Locks on Thursday in Fox's Focus. And of course, the famous, the one and only Fox's Aftermath show, 10 o'clock every Sunday morning with Jamie from the Fox's Arms. Join him. For me, Phil, can't do it without you. Thanks a lot. Keep the faith. What for next? Oh my God.
It's not easy, is it? Thanks for watching Leicester Fan TV. Thanks to our sponsors, Everards, Follow Blinds, Pocket Pies, Pink Car Leasing, Distillers Direct, Hologram, Take Me, Newbie and Cow, The Fox's Arms and Rainbows. Run by the fans, for the fans. Follow us on socials at Leicester Fan TV and visit LeicesterFanTV.com for all the latest news, views and videos. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. We understand that the journey as a supporter isn't always smooth sailing, but rest assured you're not alone. There's a vast network of fellow fans who share your passion and may be experiencing similar challenges. Honesty is key in any relationship. If your friend asks you how you are feeling, tell them honestly. If you're going through a difficult time, let them know. Open them up about how you are feeling can really make a difference. After all, they are your mates for a reason. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.